If you're looking for the best horror, thriller, sci-fi and WTF audio fiction this side of the apocalypse, then you should listen to The Other Stories. With over 500 stories on the podcast feed already and news stories dropping every single Monday morning, The Other Stories is your new best friend. Check out The Other Stories today on any and all podcast platforms or head to theotherstories.net. After all, these aren't the stories your mother used to tell you. These are The Other Stories. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hang on to your balls. It's time for the Horror Hangout Podcast. Welcome to the Horror Hangout Podcast, where two bearded film fans watch the 50 best horror movies ever and then talk about them. My name is Luke Condor with a K, and I'm joined by my regular co host, uh, Mr. Ben Arrington. How's it going, Ben Arrington? Ben Arrington, Mr. I'm giving, my, I'm giving myself the Mr. bit now. Mr. Uh, and I am Luke Condor with a K. Get it right. That's double barreled. We'll see. <laughs> so, uh, how's it going, man? You, yeah, you, good. You've got stuff to do later, right? You're busy cracking. Um, there's a little bit of football on later that I want to, and I'm, I'm off out to have a little gander at. Not, I'm not going to watch it live. I'm going to watch it on a different screen than I usually would. <laughs> In a pub. Which is. In a pub which is uh, potentially, yes. Um, this yeah. is, this is uh, you know, it's an event. Nice. Okay. What? So very nice. England. England versus Brazil. England friendly. Went, okay. Oh, well, it's only so friendly, possible. mate. It's only friendly. So Don't get possible. angry about it. It's a friendly. So um, other. So let's start with some other horror stuff. Other horror guff. Have you seen any cool stuff? Have you done any cool stuff <laughs> other than football? Other other horror guff. I haven't done any horror. You know, <laughs> we've discussed this already. I've done, I've done oh, a bit of horror. Done a, horror. done a bit of horror. I've done a horror. Um, it sounds like see... when someone's like had a poo upstairs on the floor. I've done a oh. horror. <laughs> <laughs> I've done an absolute horror. Actually, um, the I'm guy sure... who, um, you yeah, know, the king of Wimbledon, <laughs> you know, he's pointing, <laughs> pointing. I imagine he has that face and he says, I've done a horror. <laughs> we need to, we might need to give this some context. We went to a comic convention at, in Wimbledon this weekend and we met a man, a self-proclaimed king of Wimbledon who wears a lot of He's like a pearly yeah. king. Yeah, yeah. He wears a lot of bling, um, and he's he's in some interesting outfits. Find him on Twitter, King of Wimbledon. That might be the that might be the Twitter handle, but he's quite terrifying, and I mean that in with the utmost respect for him. I might write a fan fiction, like a horror story with the King of Wimbledon in it. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Um, don't make him evil. He's a good guy. No, yeah, he's cool. He's a hero. He's a good guy. Yeah, 
Any horror guff? Um, I did. I went to a 30th anniversary screening of Predator, which I guess you're gonna call that's a horror film, isn't it? Yeah, action that's horror. That's my favorite. That's kind of my favorite horror. That like subgenre of horror, that dark sci-fi horror. Like yeah, Alien or yeah. So I went to I went to just it was just at my local cinema, and they had like a load of props. Not props that were necessarily used in the film, but props of different Predator heads <laughs> oh, and right. stuff. The coffee um, machine. They, they had two guys. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Mop. <laughs> they had a mop. They had a, yeah, they had a mop and they had a coffee machine. And uh, that was it. That was oh, it. There was two two guys dressed as very strange looking Predators. They looked like a cross between Predator and like the My Chemical Romance Black Parade album with when they had those jackets. Really? That's... I just didn't really know what was going on. And someone offered, offered me the chance to have a photo of them. Uh, and I turned it down. <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm okay, mate. I just went. Nah, they look quite. They were stood there quite lonely. They look quite lonely. I'm quite happy looking at uh, this mop. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this mop. It still still works. Still sucks up stuff. Really good. Yeah, so I, I saw that. To hair in the mop in the mop head. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I reckon it'd do really well. Yeah. yeah. So that was cool because you got to see got to see Predator on the big screen, um, full of like absolute fanboys who were like. Sh- shouting along with the quotable lines oh, get yeah, to the yeah. chopper ain't got time to bleed all that stuff yeah. a round of applause at the end for everybody you know loving it uh you that made me go a bitch that must have gotten a, like a, a chorus right yeah i think it did i did it i did witness one of the strangest things i've witnessed while at cinema there was a guy in the row in front of me he wasn't directly in front of me he was just offering my peripherals and he stood up the whole time that's he must have well, he must have he Bad must legs? have back issues, but oh, back I was issues, yeah. I, I was confused because he didn't bother me because he wasn't in my way, but he was still in my peripherals. Yeah, and I was a bit like, "What are you doing, man?" And yeah. he sat down a little bit, and then he stood up for the rest of the time. I thought, weird. That's, but yeah, strange, yeah. Uh, it made me it made me go and watch Predator Two just to see if I it was half as good as I remember it, it being, and it's not. Uh, I didn't really like it. This yeah, time I, I looked at it too. Like, so now I don't, I'm kind of like dubious about watching it again. If if it, Maybe it hasn't aged that well. It they? was just a, it was just a bit ridiculous. So I think Predator, the, the the original, is like almost perfect. It's just so good. It's so cheesy. It's so over the top, but it's great. You know what I mean? Whereas Predator Two just felt cheesy and over the top, but not great. Mm. Yeah, that no, 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 makes sense to you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, apart from that, I finished Stranger Things. Uh, it took me a little while. Obviously, it's been out for over two weeks, but I finished it. Cool. Uh, I finished we, we it. Might I've do done an episode it. on that, right? Maybe yeah, do an well, episode on next week. Yeah, we could potentially do an episode on that if you're game. Yeah, sure. Uh, I finished it a couple of weeks ago, so I may have to rewatch it all. Oh, that's <laughs> no, I don't, well, know. don't do that to yourself. No, yeah. Uh, well, I watched The Burning on Shudder. The Burning is um, an eighty slasher. It had a huh. really cool uh, poster, and that's why I watched it. Makeup effects by Tom Savini, who did the makeup effects on Day of the oh, Dead. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Is he? He's in. From Dust to Dawn as well. Is that right? Yeah, he is. He's one of the. Uh... Yeah, he's a guy with a cock gun, <laughs> and the and the whip. No, I don't remember the cock gun and the whip. But uh... what? <laughs> you don't remember the cock gun? He's it's got been, like a, a gun. Time. With the barrel is the shaft. Since I've used the cock gun. <laughs> <laughs> the barrel is the shaft, and the balls are like two little. Uh... <laughs> no, we need to watch it's... that again. Yeah, we need to watch that on on this show. Yeah. maybe. I don't know. And also, when when he uh, when he uses the whip, he's actually using the whip in real life because he's re- he's. I was about to say classically trained with the whip then. <laughs> in makeup effects and whips. And whips. He's good he's good at makeup and whips, which is the two things oh, you need cool. if to survive a vampire apocalypse. Yeah. There was um so uh the burning is a guy 
it's like well, it's like a camp. It's you know, Friday thirteenth. So basically, there's a camp, like a summer camp. There's some kids there. You'll recognize some of them now because they've gone on to be like um, in films, proper films, and that. Um, and uh, the guy who gets burned at the start of the film comes back to kill everyone. Doesn't really have a proper motivation other than the fact that he's like mentally, like well, physically scarred now, and he just wants some revenge. And he's got like shears, garden shears that he stabs him with oh. and cuts fingers off and stuff. That's um, nice. But it's pretty good. It was surprisingly good, actually. The um, actually made you care about the kids. That I, I wasn't expecting to um, like them mm. that much before I saw them get slaughtered. This, was this er, was this like early eighties or mid eighties, early eighties? Yeah. Probably the earlier side of eighties, actually. Yeah, but it was alright. It was uh, better than I thought. The make effects were pretty good. Um, high tension. I've just finished reading Dean Koontz Intensity book, and uh, I found yeah, I mainly wanted to watch this because I've heard that this was kind of a rip off of Intensity. And there's some people I was reading about it, and some people are like, no, it's like just uh, follows the same sort of idea. There's a lot of films that do that, a lot of TV shows, but no, this is like beat for beat. Like, like the first. Uh, 50 minutes are exactly the same. Like, they're just different names, different language, but like the, the way, like, uh, uh, different languages, French, it's French, yeah. It's like a okay. French, uh, ultra violent sort of uh, uh, film. I know Tommy yeah. Draper in the Facebook group really likes this film. Um, it's also known as Switchblade Romance. Um, oh, but, yeah, and it was, it was a good film, but like, it was also a good book, and it annoyed me a bit because the guy, apparently, Alexander Ahad, the director, never really admitted to the fact that. He has like, oh, like no. because the way the, the way the book works is like it makes everything so intense. Like the way uh, a girl's hiding from a killer under the bed, and like there's all these like little details where she like drives the sink to make it like she's not been in been in there and stuff. And this film does it like every single little bit like that. So I don't know how he expected he's going to get away with it, but um, um, oh yeah, I don't think I told you I've never actually read any Coons. It's all right. Never. And there's my first time. It's all right. Not too bad. It's your first time, Coons Virginity. My first Take Coons. It. Yeah. Um, ripped away from you hopped my coots and then I watched They Live <laughs> it's on uh, Amazon Prime at the minute so it's uh, just another John Carpenter classic that I just wanted to watch and it was great it was everything I wanted it to be yeah um, I'm pretty sure I've seen They Live I'm very I feel very familiar with a lot of the visuals from They Live yeah. so I'm pretty sure I've seen it if not I need to well I need it's to rewatch fun. it anyway there's like a there's like a really long fight sequence, isn't there? Fifteen or twenty minutes, but it's one of those fight scenes <laughs> where like um, they'll they'll like punch each other. Like uh, it's Rowdy Ruddy Piper who plays the main guy. Yeah, um, and they're like a bit of like a wrestling match. So like, he'll punch the guy, and then it'll it'll like choke slam or like uh, suplex they or do, something. They do some moves to each other, yeah, don't they? Yeah, like suplex them, and then the guy will run the floor, and then Ruddy, Ruddy Piper will get up, and then he'll catch his breath, and then you'll think it's over. And then I'll go, I'll go and then get back up. <laughs> and that'll happen like between isn't the two like, so many isn't times. Like Roddy, Roddy, Roddy Piper's character and like his mate in it. They just have a bit of a Barney and then just have a bit of a fight. Well, yeah, so it's it, like... he's trying to get his mate to wear the glasses. I think it kind of has a message. It's like people don't want to know the truth, but it kind of forces yeah. them to wear the glasses that allow them to see the what's really going on in the world. What's the what's the famous line as well? I came here to kick ass and chew gum and I'm all out of Came here to chew yep. glass. Yeah, chew, yeah, chew bubble gum and kick ass. Chew glass. <laughs> I came here to Is chew it? glass. And I'm all out chewing gum. gum. <laughs> Found some glass, though. <laughs> 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 a 20-minute fight sequence. Yeah, my dad used to say that all the time, and I never knew where it was from. And I don't even know if he knows where it's from. What, chew glass? 
One of the classic dad sayings, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, so your dad said that and you don't think he knew, he knew it was from They Live? He, not the glass line, the other one, the bubblegum no, line. Yeah, the bubblegum one. So that was time we said that, like, um, at Christmas, like, we're all in the, in the living room at Christmas morning, getting ready to unwrap the presents, and he came in with a cup of tea and went, I'm here to kick ass and chew bubblegum. Put them all out of bubblegum. Just something he says all the time. <laughs> is it? Is that, that's not related to Christmas. And then it, who's kicking ass on Christmas Day? You know what I mean? No one is chilling out. Just what? It's just my dad likes to kick ass, I guess. And chew bubblegum. But he's always out of bubblegum. I'm kicking <laughs> the festive ass. I'm always out of bubblegum. Exactly. He should, he should stock up. He should stockpile the Wrigley's. I take I'm some with me now. I'm gums out of his mouth. Airwaves. <gasps> <laughs> Oi! It's like Vicks Vapor Rub. <laughs> Yeah. It's like eating that. Disgusting. Yeah. Tangent. So, yeah. Okay, so uh, I know you've got a football game to kick ass at you. Forget a football game, man. Okay. Forget the football game. The football game will wait. It won't. What football game? Yeah, football games, they don't yeah, do like... that. Hang on a uh, sec, guys. Ben, <laughs> Ben's doing a podcast. Wait, wait. <laughs> doing a podcast. That's all right. Okay. I'm not, I'm, I'm not too bothered. So we're doing number 20 on the list today. It's a classic. It's Psycho. You want to tell us a little bit about it? Psycho! Okay. <laughs> psycho. Even in that voice for the rest Luminex, of the Luminex, psycho. Really crazy. Um, psycho is a 1960 American psychological horror film directed and produced by Alfred Hitchcock. Never heard of him. Uh, starring Anthony Funny Perkins. Name. That quadruple barreled. It sounds like it, doesn't it? I mean, get over yourself. And starring Anthony Perkins, Janet Lee, John Gavin, Vera Miles. Uh, and was based on a 1959 novel of the same name. Didn't know that. Did not know that. Uh, the film centers on the encounter between a secretary, Marion Crane, who ends up at a secluded motel after stealing some money from her employer. And the motel's disturbed owner-manager, Norman Bates. Yes, this is what the Empire film guys have to say about it. Uh, imagine a trip to see Psycho in 1960. It's deliberately oblique marketing, fronted by Hitchcock himself, would have prepared you for a motel to feature prominently, but not much else. But it's, it's called Psycho, so you're going to expect some sort of horror film. Uh, the opening, <laughs> well, <laughs> the opening twenty odd minutes must have seemed like a pretty standard noir setup, with Janet Lee eloping with a bunch of money and the tantalising possibility of a new life that lasts precisely as long as her next trip to the shower. Then came the full bore shock of that brutal knifing, each stab driven home by Bernard Herrmann's jarring score, unexpected and almost entirely entirely without precedent. Audiences must have wondered if it was Hitch himself, in the nicest possible way, was a real psycho here. Um, yeah, who's who's given him the nickname Hitch? I've never I've never heard that once before. Empire, they can oh. do it like they've got an A in film studies. <laughs> they can. You can't just call him. Alfred Hitchcock Hitch. I would have gone oh, with the other side it, of it. Oi, cock! Al. <laughs> Oi, cock! All right, cock! Hey, all right, cock! <laughs> Don't call me that. <laughs> Uh, 97% on Rotten Tomatoes, 8.5 on IMDb. Um, I didn't quite ask the Facebook group properly. I think I just said I was watching it, and Tommy Draper said, still powerful. Um, he, didn't, he didn't mean the film. He just meant, <laughs> your, he meant your scent. <laughs> still powerful. <laughs> still um, powerful. I've got the, um, what's the uh, spray called? Lynx Africa. <laughs> I didn't mean that, but that's good. I like that one. I like the Lynx chocolate. Anyway. Yeah, delicious. Edward Harvey said before shooting the last shot of The Sitter, which is his short film, he showed Noah, this little boy from his short film, who played um, he played <laughs> Tommy, Tommy, 
uh, is the character that Noah plays in this short film that <laughs> just made. Um, it's confusing thing. The still, so you showed the little kid um, who's in Ed's film, the still of um, Anthony Perkins doing a creepy smile. The kid does exactly that smile. It's very creepy. You should watch his short film. It's on the Facebook group. So, anyway, um, initial thoughts. Have you seen this before? Yep, yep, yep. Uh, yeah, I've seen this before. Um, don't know how many times I've seen it. That's not important, is it? Um, iconic. This is one of those films also that despite being a 1960 film, which, you know, is not always that good for me. I think in terms of like pacing and style and sort of like the way the film's set up, it feels very modern, doesn't it? It feels mm. it's like a very modern setup. And it feels like one of those sort of quite, quite sort of like tightly knit thrillers that we sort of get from i don't know from certain directors these days um but that's obviously just because uh old cock is the is, is, is the master yeah um but yeah i really like this i think obviously one of the most iconic uh themes or well there's a quite a few quite a few themes in within the score that that keep repeating during different parts of this film and i think it is pretty is pretty iconic and uh some great performances um genuinely like creepy scary moments i mean i don't know how much better it would have worked in color because i think didn't alfred hitchcock shoot in black and white on purpose just so he didn't so it wasn't so gory Did he? I'll do that. Um... But, but i don't think it i mean you don't really see that much gore anyway there's a couple of blood stains a bit of blood going down the plug hole that that's body. about it that's about it yeah that body <laughs> yeah i mean this was good obviously it's a, it is a great twist as well i mean it's one of the is obviously one of the most well-known twists but yeah. if you did, if you didn't know the twist, I can see how meticulously it's put together to make it look like this twist isn't coming. If that makes sense, they were dead the whole time. Yeah. It's like one. Of, it's yeah, like it's a Sixth like... Sense style. Like um, it would have been yeah. that shocking. Yeah, it would. It would have been that shocking. I don't think any new audience member in 1960 would have probably got it. I would say like before be- it happened because like because we know the twist in it. I actually found that quite effective because I, I, so I was surprised by how much I like this film. Like I really, I think I've seen it once when I was like mm, seven-ish, you know, super young when it doesn't really make any sense. It's on in the background. Um, but this is the first time I've like, actually sat down and watched it and I really loved it. And I've, I really liked Marion's character and it, it yeah. elicits a lot of sympathy for yeah. her throughout the film and then, <clears throat> and then kills <laughs> because you know that that's going to happen. Like you know, the well, shower scene's coming up. Well, I was like, like, "Oh my god, it's like super tense." It's the false protagonist thing, isn't it? Which I think isn't done very often. But when it is done, you know, it is always memorable. It's always one of the things. So you see a character constantly in the marketing for something, and then suddenly they don't last very long in the film. I mean, just a couple of examples I can think of: uh, Drew Barrymore in Scream. I believe she was like the big face on the poster, and she was in the opening scene. Yeah, she like, dies like in a few five minutes. minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, no, uh, they, no they, country they, for old men. I think of like um, oh, what's his face? Josh Brolin. He's like yeah, the main he lasts, character, he, and he, he dies lasts, like he, he lasted a while though. Yeah, but I mean, like I thought he was the main dude. He and dies then, off screen. He, he dies, dies off screen. screen. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What the fuck uh, happened to Josh Brolin? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Metal Gear Solid Two on PlayStation Two, and all and all the advertising, all the trailers that you were Solid Snake on the like oil rig. Yeah. And then bang, suddenly about an hour into the game, you're, you're riding. And you're riding I didn't sign up to play some androgynous, blonde haired <laughs> man with a knife. All I remember doing <laughs> as riding was doing cartwheels naked. Yeah. You remember this moment? 
naked. There's, there's a moment where you do <laughs> quite well as naked. <laughs> that's, a question, that's a question. Well, mark. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. There we go. <laughs> um, I remember loving that game, though, regardless. If, can, we also, can we also quickly mention that hmm. there was a remake of Psycho, wasn't there? Yeah, with, with uh, Vince Vaughn. With Vince Vaughn. And, uh, and uh, Anne Hesch. Well, yeah, I'm that's not, it. I've not seen it. I just um, to Bob. I've 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 just been looking at bits and bobs of it today. I mean, it looks like almost exactly the same film. Oh yeah, sorry. But... Yeah, so I do know it is um, shot shot for shot. It was an experiment to see if it would work, and apparently it doesn't. <laughs> apparently they decided it it didn't. Quite yeah, work. it's strange, isn't it? That is very strange. It's Vince Vaughn before he was, you know, a big comedy actor. How many times has the film been remade, like shot for shot? Uh... Yeah, so it was, so it was nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to Google that. How many times? <laughs> how many times the film? And it was directed by Gus Van Sant. Yeah, Gus Van Sant. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen a Gus Van Sant film? Um, I bet you I have, seen? but not, not. Oh yeah, yeah. I've seen yeah. like Paranoid Park, Milk. Yeah. Uh oh, Good Will Hunting. Yeah, that's a great. Interesting. Film. Oh, My Own Private Idaho as well. That's good. Um, there was one Phoenix, yeah, Reeves. There's one I watched with um, Matt Damon and Casey Affleck in the Lost in this national park, and they're walking because they're just trying to find a way out. Um, and the shots were like 25 minutes long, and there was no dialogue, and it's just them walking. And it was there to like make you sort of sympathize with the situation, but my god, it was difficult to watch. Like, it just non never ended. But um, what was it called? I can't remember. Um, Oh, what are you saying? <laughs> I'm all joking. Right. Yeah. Uh, right. You ready then for? Should we uh, delve into the story a little bit more? Let's delve into the story of Psycho. So, uh, key players: we've got Anthony Perkins, who plays uh, the infamous Norman Bates. Um, Vera Miles plays Lila Crane. Why is she second in the billing? Janet Lee plays Marion Crane. This is the second film in a row we've seen her in. She was in The Fog. For a little bit, um, so very much oh, yeah. um, it's you know what? I it's weird even... when you watch like old films like this and um, you see people in their prime, do you know what I mean? Like mid 20s, late like early 30s, and I think, and you oh. see that, like, and you realize they're dead or something, <laughs> but then you realize they're dead now, it makes you feel like, oh my god, time, yeah, that is, time, that is weird. Mm. time, time is a shit yeah, that's not, a, that's not a real, that's not, a, <laughs> time passes like grades of sand for the. Yeah, I know what you mean. Stephen when you see Hawking, someone, that when you see so- <laughs> when you see someone in their prime, a shit hole. <laughs> Come on. Dang, when you see dude. someone in their prime, and you look at and you look at the film, you're like, God, I'm really living it here. Yeah. But then you know, when you realize they've they've been dead ages, it's a bit weird to think when they were making that film. Mm. You know, the, the concept of death so much, was, was so much in front of them. Like it wasn't, they weren't worried about dying. Oh, yeah, no, it's weird. Yeah, it must be weird to think. Maybe maybe one day we'll make something. And in and in fifty years after we've died, someone will watch it, and they'll feel and bad. They'll feel bad for us. Nah, they'll say, shit on, Mr. Hawking. They'll be looking at us. <laughs> they'll be looking at us now, in our prime. Well, me and they'll... <laughs> <laughs> and they'll go, bloody heck, dead, long dead. Who would have thought Luke Connor would have died like that as well? As a day later. <laughs> 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 Who would have thought it? Obviously not him. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so who else we got? Uh, John Gavin plays Sam Loomis. 
Um, he is sort of uh, Janetley's bit of crumpet. Bit of crumpet. They're not they're not adulterers because I think neither of them are married or anything, but they're they're doing the dirty. Just just um, proper non proper non committal, aren't they? Non committal, yeah. Uh, Martin Balsam plays uh, private investigator Milton Arbogast. He's quite an interesting character with a big face. Um, yeah, yeah. And there's quite a lot of characters. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about them as we go through. But they're like they're the main people that you do. Um, yeah. yeah. But anyway, yeah. So uh, the opening credits I thought were pretty excellent by mm-hmm. Sal Bass. Yep. Um, you kind of see that sort of style, that Hitchcockian style, like used and taken in various mm-hmm. sort of now, but like just it's quite effective, and the music's amazing right at the start, mm-hmm. very tense. Um, so, and then we're introduced to Sam Loomis and Marion Crane. They're the two, they're sort of having off a bit. Um, what's her name? Marion Crane generally has got like uh Tomb Raider one boobs, like polygon <laughs> boobs. <laughs> I think it's the style of the bra they have at the time, you know what I mean? <laughs> You know, yeah. what I mean. you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I didn't think it at the time, but now, you, now you've said <laughs> right. it. I was uh, like, why, is got, got, why is the film all pixelated? She has got two made of one boobs. <laughs> Still yeah. got you off there, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're not a monster. Yeah, uh, yeah. So they're having it off in, in her lunch break, aren't they? And she's even got a sandwich on the bedside table, which, <laughs> which I was like, <laughs> did she get that sandwich out to eat prior to the sex and then got distracted, or was she putting it there for an immediate? Take in of calories after she's. Do you need, we're going to need that later. That ham and cheese. We're definitely going to need it. Yeah. Ham and cheese. Um. So they're talking like I think they want to. It, it's quite witty the way they um. All the dialogue's really witty. Is quite funny. It's quite light. It never felt like it was a, that like dark film just yet. I think it sort of late like leads you in like a false sense. This, of this was a part. This was a part of the film I had completely forgot about. Like any sort of setup. In my head, when I think about the film Psycho, it kind of starts at the point when she arrives at the motel. I didn't really completely forgot how much comes before. Yeah, how much there like is to set up. Forty minutes or something. Yeah, it goes on for a while. But uh, I really liked all this stuff. I mean, um, so Marion, uh, they, they kind of want to get together. They want to get married. I think there was a, a bit where um, Sam says, "Oh yeah, I've got alimony to pay. I'm gonna, you're going to lick my stamps that I send my alimony checks." And then she goes, "I lick your stamps." <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of like, weird, like uh, noir sort of wordplay like that in the start of it um later on marion goes to work um i don't know what she works as a banker or something what does she do she's like a secretary for somebody um like a like some sort of property development thing i don't know um because i think somebody dropped off a cash payment for a property of like 40 grand yeah her boss her boss asked her to deposit the money in the bank wink wink uh (laughs) yeah and then she's like oh can i take the rest of the afternoon off like some layabouts when she's just been bloody, getting... oh yeah, she's just been getting laid, and now she's gonna get laid off if she don't <laughs> turn it around. But uh, the boss, she, I don't think she cares. But she's boss, forty grand up. Yeah, well, she's got she's got one of those money headaches. You know when you've got money, all of a sudden you kind of like, um, I need to go home. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had one of them, Luke. Why? What's the? Uh, I've what's... never had one. <laughs> yeah, me neither. What's the? Uh, what's the issue you're having? Woman problems. I don't know if she didn't say that, but um, she. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! So anyway, so she goes. Um, she basically got this oh, money problems. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So she goes, uh, oh, 40 grand. That could, I could go and get a boob job. Sort of these two red <laughs> <or> one boobs. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Silly, that is. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> be ashamed, Ben. Anyway, <laughs> so... Um... <laughs> The forty grand. The idea is she's supposed to put it, take it to the bank on the Monday morning or something. Like she's supposed to be off for the weekend, and the Monday morning she's going to put it in the bank. And she just keeps it in like a little crappy envelope. It's like half open as well. I don't know yes. why the boss would like give her forty grand and say you keep that for the weekend, and then yeah. put it. Like it's just keep, tempting her. Keep it warm. Keep it warm. Yeah. If you had to keep forty grand for the weekend, mm. babysit it. Yeah. How long before you? Uh, Elope with the money. Get back. Elope with the money, or like go out and buy a lovely Oops. pair of cowboy boots. Hmm. It'd be pretty. Stetson. The time from me getting the money and me getting a lovely pair of cowboy boots would be quite short. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the money. Prime. Where did you get those cowboy boots? Amazon from? Prime later that day, six o'clock delivery. <laughs> oh, they're one size too big. That's all right. Yeah. Stuff them. <laughs> Stuff them. Uh, <laughs> so, um, it's what happens now. So yeah, she, she goes. I think she immediately runs away with the money. She sort of yeah, pretty much. So she goes home because she's got a headache, and then she's driving. She's just driving now. She's going to drive off to where Sam Loomis lives or works or yeah. something like that. Apparently, it's quite far away. And then th- this is the most horrific part of the film, I thought. Um, as she's driving, she's supposed to be home, ill in bed with a thermometer in her mouth and a gob. She sees a bus walking over, crossing the road. And then she waves to him, and then uh, and then he looks Does back. She waves to him. Yeah, she waves. Well, she does like a like a nod, like oh hi. And then she goes, oh, and then the music goes bam bam bam, like it's really intense. <laughs> bam 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 bam. <laughs> Have you ever seen? Um, has that ever happened to you? You've been ill, and your boss has caught you. Um, I don't think so, but I know what you mean. Like like you you've you've called in sick, you're ill, and you're like oh quit, got a nip to Asda for a bit, and you get distracted in Asda. You're in the games aisle, and you're or and you're busy buying the latest Call of Duty, and you're like, "Can't wait to get over and play this." And suddenly, <laughs> boss just clocks you in the line. And you go, "All right." Yeah, you look really healthy. You look really healthy, and you do a jig. And you... I was ill when I woke up, and then I got better. <laughs> yeah, I got better. Do you do do you do ill voice when if you call up call in sick? 
No, I do kind of like tired voice, which is fairly like what my voice is like anyway. But like, it's, you know, it's a little bit quieter. It's like, hi, hi, mate. Yeah. So I'm not feeling too good today. Well, what do you do? Hello. <laughs> I'm not feeling too good. I'm really not feeling well today. Uh, who is that? <laughs> <laughs> Help me. <laughs> or, or, I, or, or I get like a bit complacent with it and I go hello all right how you doing mate and so I'm really oh no I mean I mean oh, sorry. So you, if they ask you say you're high on uh, lemsip oh I'm high on lemsip I've had it all I've been doing lines of it it's not in it um, this happened to Kat so uh, in London when we lived there she worked in a cafe she was ill she was generally ill and then I got her to come meet me at the park for a chill in the sun. Uh, I fell asleep uh, on the park <laughs> and then cat's boss. Um, yeah. Did you just say, I fell asleep on the park? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's, um, that's what people did in London. Fell asleep uh, homeless on, on, people. Bums. Fell asleep on the park. I was, I was led right on the park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and what happened to boss came along when he was the homeless man next to you. <laughs> Uh, and then um, Kat's boss came along and said, um, oh, are you feeling better? And then she said, yeah. And then she went away. And then, and then that music played. Bam, bam, bam. And it was super <laughs> tense. Yeah. Did she, did, she get told, did she get told off? No, I mean, what can he say, really? You liar! We can't prove it. I you mean, are a liar! <laughs> you could say that, but you can't prove it. Well, that's where it gets it. That's where you get into it. Take it to a tribunal if you want yeah. to sort it out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so she she's driving. She, the boss doesn't say nothing. Um, she falls asleep at a car at some point. She wakes up to see a policeman staring through the window, and like, the camera's right in his face. Um, all this all this stuff happening now is is like she's instantly feeling pressure and, and, and guilty. She stole all this money. Um, so the mu- everything like everything she sees around is making them more tense. The music is there to sort of add to that. When the policeman like is asking where she comes from, what what she's up to, she doesn't want to answer his questions. Just wants to get get along with it. Um, and if she drives off, um, it, I think he's asking about a license plate. So she says, "I'm going to get a new car or something." Goes to um, a little garage, a used car thing, majobby first thing in the morning. <coughs> and then the guy, yeah. um, the used car salesman, what do he say? He says like. Look, I'm not in, this is what I say to the first customer of the day. First customer in the morning is the most trouble. <laughs> I don't want no trouble. Like, yeah. Oh, fucking hell. What, you, what do you want? Like she's trying to just swap her car over, like sell her car basically and get a new yeah. one. And he's like the worst salesman ever. He's like trying to trying to make it not really? happen. He's like, really? Are you sure? You don't want to go away for a couple of days and think about it? Yeah. Also, she gives her car over and gets a different car, but she got to pay $700. I'm like... Well, I mean... Do one. Slightly, slightly newer, maybe. I don't know. Do um, one. I'd, I would have, have done better to do that. Also, the police officer turns up across the road and he's staring. I'd be like, if that happened to me in real life, I'd go over to the police officer and say, "What are you looking at, mate? What are you bloody looking at? You want you want some, do you? Well, I want some. What are you bloody looking at?" Also, like, what is he not supposed to like have like a route? I'm sure like policemen have uh, places to go. They don't just follow. He's the real psycho in this film. Following, <laughs> yeah, following her around. And then, like, it's almost like, um, so they all watch her, uh, the used car salesman, his uh, mechanic. mechanic, and the policeman. They watch her drive off in the new car. Uh, and they're like, it's super tense music. Uh, 
without the music, I don't think this film would be anywhere near as sort of tense as it is. But then at this point, you're still not sure. I mean, we know what's going to happen. But like, if you're watching this for the first time, you still wouldn't be sure that what they're yeah. What you'd be, the I film think, I, I be think, about. I think Mr. Cock, Mr. Hitchcock, does a really good job of sort of like sowing those little seeds of like um un- where where everybody you're unsure like who's the psych like if you saw this for the first time you knew nothing about it you'd be like who's the psycho gonna be so far policeman probably uh it could be any of these guys you know what I mean it could be anyone yeah so you're kind of feeling that paranoia with with the with um what's her name uh Marion and then she's feeling um, that paranoia as she's driving away and it's it's like pissing down in rain it's nighttime it's like she's playing through I thought it was really really well done like she's playing through in her mind what her boss is going to say over the next coming days and like what everyone's yep. going to say and she's like I don't know it's like she's doing exactly what we all do when we like playing out the worst scenario and already feeling like incredibly guilty about it or incredibly sort of put out by it um, yeah and then in the rain she comes across Bates Motel and then, then you know well we know it's just about <laughs> to get real Bates Motel, run by Master Bates. Um, it's kind of a little bit off the beaten track a bit. She's not yeah. like on a main road or anywhere. She's a little bit out out of the way, um, which I'm assuming she's done on purpose. Does she really give any sort of reason? I don't. Well, no. I guess just sort of get away from the police people a bit. Yeah. I, guess. I don't know. So there's so there's a motel and there's like a huge sort of like country house overlooking. The hotel. I mean, it's very iconic. This house, isn't it? Mm, like the yeah. sort of shape, and it's almost like a bit of a bit of a Dracula's castle type of feel. feel it's got about that vibe. It. Yeah, it's got that vibe. It's got that vibe, mate. Salem's, uh, what's the house in Salem's Lot called? It reminds me of. Oh um, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you mean. Um, yeah. So when she meets Norman Bates, he seems like a lovely man. Um, he's he's kind of charming, isn't he? He's kind of like a really nice, like That's pleasant kind of charming. guy. Yeah. He's eating candy corn. Um, he's just loving life. Um, he's offering her a meal. He sort of tells her where the nearest place to eat is, a diner. But then he says he was making some dinner, so he'll sort of write out. Then he says he's having sandwiches and milk. Sandwiches and milk. Dipped in. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. This is, this is the initial moment I go. Psycho. psycho. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on, psycho. Yeah. So yeah, he's having sandwiches and milk. They eat together in the motel. Um, it's not his, the room, is it? Uh, it's in the parlor room. So it's uh, where the office is. Ah, uh, yeah. There's a parlor room behind us. There's like stuffed birds and stuff. And he's talking about how yeah. he, he likes to taxidermy uh, stuff. Mm. But he's a uh, he's, he's a really weird guy because like he's he's kind of charming and I think like the the performance this guy has and because we know sort of what's happening, what's going to happen here, well, we do now watching it here. But like it's a genuine sense of dread. Like I really thought I don't know. You kind of know what's going to happen. And the guy who's playing Norman Bates. I think Anthony Perkins was like amazing. Like his performance, like later on in the film when he's nervous about trying to, he keeps like tripping up over himself, um, his story and everything. It's so, it's so well, well done. Yeah, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a one-dimensional psychopath. I mean, I say one-dimensional, but I think usually characters like this are given two sides, aren't they? Hmm. So obviously the psycho side and the nice and the nice normal side, or maybe not the normal side, maybe yeah. just whatever. I think Norman Bates was given enough. Of he felt, he felt like he had a backstory. He kind of felt like he had layers. He was a lasagna man. He was a um, lasagna man. Yeah. He had a lot of layers to him. You know, he obviously Cheese, talking about his white his sauce, mother. red sauce, <laughs> yeah. pasta, Bollet, bolognese, um, and and repeat until and until repeat. full. Many um, layers. Yeah, so he, a lot of the layers were the same, just repeated. Yeah. But there was at least four of them. Anyway, yeah, exactly. 
Anyway, um, go on. So, he, talk, so he talks about he talks about his mother, who he says is mentally ill and forbids him to have a life outside of her. Yeah, so she's like um, his mum's. Well, it's too late. You come, he's out the womb now, so he's outside of you. Let him live, <laughs> for God's sake. Get back up, um, up to your room, and not upstairs. She means <laughs> back in the womb. Back in the womb. <laughs> I womb. told you, mum. Told you, mum. It's impossible. It's physically impossible. Keep trying. Head at least. Anyway. Oh. Uh, <laughs> um, so they're, they're having a right argument. Uh, his mum is like shouting at him. It's embarrassing because he's a man, like a grown man. Anyway, he. Um, so, what? So he starts to like her. I think he starts to. Yeah, he starts to think uh, Marion's a nice lady, but obviously his mum is shouting, going. At this point, obviously, yes, we only hear it. We only hear the voice of his mum from outside the house. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she's shouting, and she's a nutbox, isn't she? I mean, she's like, yeah, nutcake. Um, just trying to remember what, what, how this bit comes about now. So he, I think he likes her. I think he said they'll wake her up in the morning, and he says, she says, I've got to go. I'm really tired. I'm gonna have a shower and get to bed. And then you kind of see it, the change in his mind. He looks a little bit sort of nervous suddenly for some reason, looks up to the house. He goes up. Marion has a shower. And then we all know how this bit goes. Do you find this bit quite scary? Like it's effective? Yeah, I think, I, think like the, I think it's like a combination of things. I think the anticipation of knowing something's coming, something bad's going to happen. Also, like that shower, the bathroom looks really like cold, almost like a yeah. abattoir or something. It just looks really cold and white, and just looks like you know what I mean. It just doesn't yeah, seem yeah. it doesn't seem right. It almost feels like somewhere someone might die. So um, it's weird as well because um, by this point we've been with Marion's character for forty five minutes or so, fifty minutes. Like she is the main character in the film. And then just to see yeah. her sort of die, kind of like brutally, the music sort of plays, it's the, the screeching, and she sort of falls over. Yeah, so she's obviously, bum, she's, bum, having a, she's having bum, a laugh. Bum, 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 slap bass sort of pops it out of nowhere. And then uh, Noah, Noah Bass is like playing to his mum, jazzing one off. <laughs> Jasmine went up. Yeah, so obviously she's having a shower, and a shadowy figure appears behind the shower curtain, um, and then yeah. looks like obviously an old lady's head, hair. That's what I mean, old lady yeah. hair. It looks like a, a little, girl. yeah, a little, a little blouse, and then stabs the living bejesus. But obviously, yeah, she's stabbing her, but very. You don't I think see he misses, much. Do you? I think he misses a lot the first bit, yeah, and then she's sort of she's... holding his hand away, and then like towards the end, he sort of just catches her. Couple yeah, in the so back. Like he, so like he's not a very like a. Sorry, she, the mother, <laughs> not a very like efficient killer. A bit like, oh god, I'm gonna bloody get you! Oh no, god, I'm yeah. struggling a bit. Like well, not... when we see the mum later, not the actual mum, but I think people know the twist. Like we, when we see Norman dressed up as the mum later, he acts kind of weird. <laughs> like it's so bizarre. Did like, you just all... say? <laughs> <Ooh>. um... <laughs> <laughs> I ruined it for everyone. Yeah. So uh, the next sort of ten fifteen minutes is, is Norman sort of hiding away. Yeah, yeah. So, so this is quite interesting because obviously this is the kind of thing you rarely see in any sort of film where there's been a murder or a serial killer or anything like that. You don't really get to see the moments when 
someone like tied us up yeah. after. So obviously we're made here to think that Norman discovers the murder, assumes his mother is responsible, and he cleans up the crime, which he, which takes a while. You know, I mean, it it doesn't. It's not like um he he sort of doesn't like quickly, it. Quickly does yeah. it, it takes a while. It takes a while of on screen yeah. time as well, which is strange. It reminded me for some reason of Breaking Bad. You know, when he, in the first season, they kill that guy. Yeah, he, he make he goes through the bath and like makes a mess everywhere. For some reason, it's reminded me of them because how long it takes and how much effort is involved in cleaning up after. I can bother, bother, could you? Yeah. Do, do, do a murder. Yeah. Fuck yeah, leave it. Yeah, so obviously he out. gets. Yeah, yeah. Is this blood? Yeah. <laughs> 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 he meticulous. So he cleans up the crime <laughs> and then he puts Marion's corpse in the shower curtain into her car. And all of her possessions, including the money. If only he knew, we could have started a new life in the in the in the Hawaii. Um, he puts it all in the trunk of her car. Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, and then <laughs> and puts he, her in a, like a. I thought it was a tar pit. <laughs> this black, yeah. black and white. I was expecting like little dinosaur bones to sort of bubble up to the top or something. But um... <laughs> uh, you know what? I love I love a good tar pit. Uh, I don't know. Are uh, they real? Like tar pits? I've, no. I've seen them in Futurama, and that's I've it. I've seen them in Sin, Sin City. Do you remember the bit in Sin City with the tar pit and like uh, Clive Owen ends up? They swim out it? or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but where's the tar? If I want to go and have a look at a tar pit, where where is one? Well, I got to be like California, I guess. But but I I don't know if that's real. Uh, like, I've never I actually wanna, seen. I want to go. Let's uh, if they're real, let's go and find a tar pit and jump in. I feel like there's one at like Universal Studios, <laughs> and like that's it. Like, <laughs> but anyway, it's not actually a tar pit. It's it's like a swamp, but it's a very thick, dank. Yeah, yeah. Swamp. I mean, it's, it's it's yuck. Yeah. So yeah, gets rid of her, and then we cut away to a little while later. What was it like a week later? Yeah, something like and that. Mar- yeah. Marion's sister arrives and basically goes and finds um <clears throat> Marion's bit of stuff, Sam. And starts questioning him to where her sister, her sister is, and he's like, Wait. "Don't know, no idea." And then all of a sudden, this other dude turns up. He's a private investigator, Mister Milton Arbogast, and he's been hired by the guy whose money the forty grand belonged to. And he they, he's under the impression that she's taken the forty grand, come to see Sam, her boyfriend, and they were going to elope, run away, or whatever with this money. Uh, but mm-hmm. he he's like. Uh, not seeing it, don't know. And then um, he doesn't believe it. Arbogast doesn't believe them at all at the minute. But then he goes to... How did he find the motel? He asks around. There's like a montage of him asking people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's, notes, he's, he's pretty, he's pretty good as a private inve- private investigator, isn't he? I mean, yeah. He is. He's good at what he does. So what does he do? <laughs> <laughs> we, ask, we don't hear him. We're just asking people at doors. And then he, he some reason, somehow anyway, he makes his way to the um, Bates Motel. This is maybe my favorite scene in the film when is he sort of like interrogating Norman Bates, but just by asking him questions. And Norman Bates, like the, the performance, the way he's sort of like tripping over his, his own logic, he's getting like kind of nervous as he yeah, talks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really naturalistic the way he does it. Because he seems like he's sort of crafting a fairly good story. Yeah. But then, but then you don't really realize that that um, not only that he is kind of saying contradictory things. Yeah. He's mentioned he mentions a couple that came. He says so. He says no one's been there for weeks. Then he mentions a couple that came and sort of were lost. So he is kind of contradicting himself. And this, this private investigator is good because without p- trying to pin anything on him, yeah, he just kind of is unpicking his story a little bit, just making him a little bit 
And again, this ramps up the tension big time because you're like, don't push him. Yeah, yeah. Don't push him because he is gonna he is gonna maybe snap uh, and maybe stab you. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, really enjoyed this bit. And then, uh, so what happens? So he, oh yeah, so he meant Norman mentions his mum, and Arbogast is like, oh, I want to, I want to see your mum. And then Norman's like, no, that ain't gonna happen. And then Norman gets kind of angry at this point, and he starts to starts to flip a little bit. And then uh, Arbogast is like, no, I'm gonna go. He phones. Marion's sister. Yep. Tells her, look, there's this dude at the motel. She stayed there. He's weird. I think his mum spoke to Marion, so I'm gonna go talk to her. And then he makes the mistake of going to the house. Um Yep. And then <laughs> Yep. And then he uh this is like uh this did this death scene remind you of anything? Um you know, he falls down the stairs. So he goes up the stairs in the house, sees the um the old woman and he gets attacked by a knife and, and pushed down the stairs. Yeah, so he just goes to the top of the stairs and she comes out of another room. Again, this reminded me a little bit of like what Texas Chainsaw Massacre where like yeah, the antagonist that, yeah. just kind of appears. Like yeah. you don't you don't really quite see it coming and then bang just just a, just just walks out of a out of yeah. a doorway and it, attacks immediately. It reminded, it reminded me of like a, a game, like if yeah. you like walked in someone's sight like line like, of sight. It was like um, a fixed camera angle, like out of Resident Evil as well. Like it was right up in the top corner yeah. <laughs> yeah, of well, the room. And so yeah. when someone just came in and she started stabbing him, yeah. yeah. And this was this was a weird shot where he was kind of falling down the stairs, but it was like it reminded me of Omen, like the way the <laughs> yeah, woman yeah, yeah, falls yeah. off. The stairs. I don't know, I don't know what they're doing because it looks like a dolly zoom, which is where you yeah. um, zoom out but move the camera in at the same time, so it's like the 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 frame sort of gets like flattened as you as you move it. Like, but I'm not too sure how to do that. I mean, if anyone listening knows how to do that weird zooming sort of like effect it's, it's really weird i've got to know how to do it um but yeah then... it, it, it looks it looks quite unnatural but also interesting it looks a bit it was like... yeah but it kind of works because i mean it kind of gives the effect of someone who is falling and it's sort of you know time's gone a bit weird and sort of flying past but um yeah you uh we've got like 10 <coughs> minutes before you got to go for your football game your football don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't don't put any sort of limit on this lovely chat about Psycho. Okay, cool. Well, okay, so um, so Arbogast is dead. I don't know what they do to that body. Whatever we find out about that. Um, so then the sister and Sam decide to, because Arbogast hasn't got in touch with them, and they go to where he went last, which is the house. Yeah, well, then they go to the local sheriff first. He goes to the local sheriff, but he's like, "Oh yeah, Norman Bates." He said, "They said like, oh, Norman Bates went to see Norman Bates' mum," and then he's like, "I don't think so." The mum crapped the biscuit ten years ago. <laughs> Crap the biscuit. <laughs> she sliced the cake. <laughs> she, uh, you know, twenty. Tw- how many years ago? Quite a while ago. She tipped the bin, like a decade ago. Yeah, ten years ago. He says. Um, she was found <laughs> deaf, dead, and De- she done. was found deaf, <laughs> dead, and <laughs> and full of dread and um, um, yeah. Well, you would be deaf if you were with, dead, wouldn't you? With, doing, Wake up, listen to me. With a boyfriend at the time, um, so apparently they buried him together or something. And Norman was distraught, but uh, there's no there's no mum. So then they're like, oh, that's weird because um, there is uh, there is a mum. Uh, so they go. Wait, does the cop go to see the house then yet? Or 
Um, it says no. no. I think, I think they conclude that Arbogast probably lied to them, found the 40 grand, Left and has just, yeah. just pissed right off. Yeah. Um, but they're still, they're still like not quite convinced, so they go to the motel, um, and then we see a scene where Norman is carrying his mum down the stairs. Yeah. Again, from that fixed Resident Evil camera angle, he's carrying down the stairs, and she's like, bloody hell, Norman, you're a rat mug. <laughs> That's a really good impression. And then... Um... <laughs> Um, okay, the now comes to the end. So Sam and Lila decide we're going to go down. And we're going to see myself. We're going to find out. We're going to get to the bottom of this tin of biscuits. <laughs> biscuits in my mind for some reason. Just, cr- just, cr- just, just crumbs at the bottom. Yeah, yes, yeah, crumbs. <laughs> and then um, they find they, they rent a room. Sam corners uh, Norman and says, "You've taken the fifty grand, haven't you? We know you like." See, you- this is a bit weird because like, they kind of talk initially, and they're like, "We'll go in." We'll get a room as a, as a married couple and we'll just slowly and surely try and work out what's happening. But they just jump right, right, right. in. It's like... <laughs> Ten minutes in, like, yeah. We'll take a while and we'll have a little look around and we'll do this and that. And he goes, you're a psycho, aren't you? <laughs> what grabs a, him by the face. Oh. I don't know if he said like... Does he, I don't think he thinks he killed her, does he yet? Or... No, I think he just thinks that she he's got the money somehow or that yeah. he knows yeah. where she's gone or something like that, doesn't he? Yeah. So he's cornering so Norman. He's Lyla's, basically distracting. Yeah, yeah. Lila is having a sneak around the house, having a little perusal. Um, I don't know why she's looking at books. Like, there's one bit where, like, she's going around the house, and, like, if you're looking for someone's mum, or, like, Marion, or, you know, if she's been kidnapped or whatever, like, she's, she just starts picking up books and just starts looking through some books. She's a keen reader. She likes literature. What can you say? Put that she's like, to re-read, to read oh, list. I'm, I'm looking for my missing sister. However... What's that? <laughs> I've not read that one. Yeah. Oh, this looks good. Well, the latest John Grisham. <laughs> the latest <laughs> Jack Reacher novel. Uh. The latest Jack Reacher novel. What bothers Jack got himself into now? <laughs> and then, like, he's, she's halfway she through reading the book. She sits down and read, reads out of it. <laughs> yeah. oh, just can't stop this page turner. And, um, no, anyway, so Norman uh, clocks on to that Sam's basically, like, keeping him. Um, and then he goes, She's not gone to see my mother, has she? He knocks Sam out with a uh, an ornament, a spinning elbow. <laughs> an ornament, yeah, a spinning elbow. Superman punch to the noggin, and he runs up to the house. Lila sees it's coming to the house through the little window. She goes to hide in the basement, and that's where she sees Noah's mother. There's like a single light bulb swinging, and then she turns the chair, and then we reveal the mum's just like, like a corpse. The mum. Has seen better days. She's just an amount. <laughs> she's just a corpse. Uh, lovely teeth, but uh, yeah, 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 all her eye, all her eyeballs have been uh, have rotted away. Uh, she's got a lovely wig on. Um, yeah, she's dead. She's quite dead. Uh, and then she, uh, Lila screams, knocks the um, the lamp, the light, and it's like the light's going crazy. So it's very, very uh, disturbing. Mm. And then Norman runs in. Pulling his, in his mother's wig and, and knife, um, and he's like coming to kill her. It's kind of scary the way it, it, it works here. So uh, he's coming to kill Lila with the knife. Yeah. Sam, and he's he, he's acting like a kid or hyped up on like sugar and stuff. He's like, yeah. "Hey, hey, oh, I'm gonna have you." <laughs> well, like he uh, he so Sam like grabs him from behind to, to stop him, and he has this kind of like weird freak out moment. He looks like like how I look like when I'm eating Brussels sprouts. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
Because I always don't. I don't. I always say don't put sprouts on my Christmas dinner, and they always manage to put one on there, and I eat it. <laughs> and you and you don't realise that they're on there until you pick yeah. it up and eat it. You're like, what's this? Like a tiny cabbage? <laughs> oh no! You've got me again. The twenty the twenty fifth year in a row. Yeah. Um, oh, curses! <laughs> so he he um just falls down. He has a freak out where he's like he's 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 like pulling out he's going out uh, and he's coming yeah. out of his clothes. Yeah, it's like gurning and stuff. Like he's had a spot of coke. <laughs> and I, then, think uh, just str- I think they're just struggling, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, okay, so then um, cuts to black, and then like we've got like the the denouement part of the film where uh, Norman's in prison, um, and there's like loads of people talking about. This is a weird part of the film. I thought when a guy it like, was almost <laughs> like. The like guy just explains everything. Just walks out really calmly. Well, you see. <laughs> and he like talks about how yeah, it's like all the exposition that we didn't maybe didn't need that much of, but oh. uh and he, it's quite oh, I mean it's a nice little monologue, I guess, but it's uh it was just strange. Well, turns out he was a transvestite and <laughs> something like that, doesn't <laughs> So yes, yeah, so, yeah, he, so, he does say something like that. Well he says, um so in one part of his mind he is Norman Bates, and the other part of his mind because he killed his mum. And her boyfriend, I think he got jealous of him or something. Um, and then he, because he couldn't deal with the guilt of the fact that he killed his own mum, his personality splits too. So one half of his mum, the other half is um, Norman. And then um, one of the cops goes, Tranny then. He's a bloody tranny. <laughs> and then. Um, it's bloody tranny then. Oh, it's bloody mental, is he? <laughs> <laughs> he just goes there. Uh, I know. So basically, he's, I mean, he's it, psycho. And then it like, cuts to him. Psycho. <laughs> it's a good, um, it's a good um, coping mechanism for him to. Yeah. To, um, I yeah, do it all the but... time. If I kill a spider, I can't deal with it. So <laughs> just a little bit of personality splits off. <laughs> and then if you catch me in the right moment, flies, flies, on flies. The, on the ceiling. <laughs> flies, flies, flies. Are you right out there, Luke? Swing back up. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, the, so, only way, uh, the only way to tempt you down is with a sprite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then it, it ends with, um, so he says something like, uh, yeah, when yeah, Norman becomes attracted to a girl, the other part of personality comes out because she becomes jealous of of Norman being attracted to another girl. It's, it's really weird. Um, but then Angela, like, this most amazing sort of like little thing of Norman, when he is a hundred percent his mum now, isn't he? So he's no longer Norman Bates. He's full on Mummy Bates, and Mummy um, Bates. And then it just sort of ends with him smiling, saying, "Don't, don't say anything, and they'll never figure out that you're not really mum, <laughs> whatever her name is." And then I think yeah. he just decides he's not going to. I think he just goes like catatonic at the end, smiling. It's really weird. Yeah, because he goes because, and then a little fly lands on his hand, and and in in Mama Bates's voice says, "I'm not even going to swat that fly because I wouldn't hurt a fly." Yeah. And then he also just gives it gives it the look, the look wow, of. Oh yeah. Oh yes. That's, that's, a oh. weird, that's a really great ending, actually. That final shot. Uh, okay, so um, some trivia. No, I'll have a bit of trivia, mate. Yes, please. Okay, cool. okay, number one. Until her death, Janet Lee continued to receive strange and sometimes threatening calls detailing what they would like to do to Marion Crane. True or false? From who? People. Creepos. People. How did get her number? I don't know. Directory. Direct. What do they call it in America? Um, Yellow pages. I don't know. Um, true. Yes. Why not? 
True. Uh, one lad search she said was so grotesque that she passed it along to the FBI, um, to the agents, visited Lee, and told her the culprits had been located and they were never heard from again. I told you not to send that letter. So, <laughs> but you said, in fact, I think your 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 exact words were, "Is this grotesque enough?" Yeah. And I said, "Probably not." Polygon boobies. <laughs> I love polygon boobies. Um, okay, number two. Uh, Hitchcock was so impressed with Herman's composition for the shower scene that he nearly doubled Bernard Herman's salary. Note the language: nearly doubled, which means he like went to do it and then went, <laughs> "No, <laughs> wait, wait!" Like he nearly doubled it, or he added some more well, to it, and it well, was nearly double. Okay, well, true or false first, and then we'll. Uh... Uh, yeah, true. Well, apparently, apparently true. It's on Wikipedia. Yeah, it says, um, it just says, shower scene, that he nearly doubled Herman's salary. So, like, if this makes any, like, if he went, like, well, cut you, so nearly double get what you thought, or he went, like, if this is so good, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and he goes, what, what are you gonna do? Nah. It's good, though. <laughs> I'm gonna double I'm your gonna... salad, salad portion. Salad I'm gonna portions. double your salad portion. Extra croutons I, for Herman. What, why? <laughs> I'm full up already. I'm all full up on. <laughs> Salad. Had a kid regular. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, number three. You ready? Ah. On on set. <laughs> Wasn't it yes or no? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ah. On set, Alfred Hitchcock would always refer to Anthony Perkins as Master Bates. <laughs> <laughs> I want it to be true more than I think it's true. I'm gonna let my heart. I'm gonna let my heart overrule my head. True. Uh, true. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is it? Uh, so number four. Oh, co- co- cock and masturbate. Yeah. So, so, so number four. Similarly, uh, Hitchcock. Uh, so we'd always get people to call Anthony Perkins masturbates. Uh, Hitchcock would always refer to himself as the pork pie sex machine and threaten to shower scene anyone <laughs> who refused. <laughs> Oh, shower scene you so fast. That's what you used to say to people. <laughs> You'll be shower scene so hard. Your shoes will fly out. Um, I don't think... Uh, I want it, Again, I want that to be true. But I'm going <laughs> to let my head over my heart and say false. Put okay. my sex machine. It was a sausage roll sex machine. That was the truth. <laughs> That's the one, yeah. Um, number five. The film has been rated and re-rated over the years from PG... PG-13 to PG-15 to a 5 out of 10 to a B- and finally to a whopping five dicks up in Hitchcocky and Cox magazine. The poor magazine for fans of the Cox. Both itchy and hitchy. <laughs> oh, five dicks up in the Hitchcocky and what? In the I Hitchcocky. mean, that's the highest score. If you like Cox, if you like Hitchcock, then you'll love new Hitchcocky and Cox magazine. <laughs> Hitchcock in Cox magazine. True. It's for fans of the cock, both itchy and hitchy. Okay, uh, so um, number six, because I couldn't oh, finish. Was it true or not? Oh, sorry. No. <laughs> no, no, it really, really wasn't. Um, oh. Number six, because I couldn't really end on that. Like, that bollocks. <laughs> uh, number yeah. six, Anthony Perkins was paid, for the film was paid $40,000. The same amount of money that Marion embezzled. Oh, interesting. 
Oh, that would be a nice little nugget, wouldn't it? A little nice little factoid. Little tasty nuggets. True. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I thought I can't end on the Hitchcock and Cox magazine. I've got to put something actually quite interested in there. But uh, yeah, that is interesting. I think you got all of them right. You are. Of course I did, mate. Of course I did. I don't cock... know if I did, but of course I did. You've earned the title of Cockmaster. So I'd rather be known as Port <laughs> Pie Sex Machine. <laughs> and that. That's right. It's that's right with you. Yeah. Uh, I'll call you that from now on, sure. Anyway, just please don't shower scene me. Okay, ready? Uh, so we need to <laughs> well. we need to rate the film. I'll let you take the take the reins. Let me take the reins. Uh, it's iconic, isn't it? This film. It's iconic. I think as we're slamming into the top twenty, we're going to be meeting these iconic films and enjoying them and realizing why they're iconic. Um, for for like a for like a film that I of this era that I probably would. Yeah, this is this is more. off the cliff for you, right? Generally, like yeah. a film like yeah. Sage, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Mm. But I loved it. I thought it was great. I enjoyed it. Um, I thought the performances were great. I think direction was great. Looked good. I felt that even though it was a, it was a, it was a plot, I was incredibly familiar with knew exactly where it's going. Really, I still felt in like invested in it. B plus. B plus. Okay, cool. Uh, so, um, I. Surprise! I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it. Like I think you're right. I'm a bit worried that the next twenty films are all going to be so good. There's not going to be that much variation in the grades because I mean, just by going by this one, like I just I just really fucking loved it. And I really want to start watching more Hitchcock films now. Um, Hopefully, we'll see some films that that are good but we hate. Yeah. For some reason, I don't know. Or maybe one of us. At least as long as one of us does. Yeah. Yeah. Probably me. <laughs> but um, this like. This is one of like the, f- the few films on the list that we've watched. I'm surprised by how much I enjoyed it. Like, I think, like, Let the Right One In, um, It's Gonna Live In, if you have seen it before. I just really liked watching those films. Um, and it surprised me. What about, have you had any of those yet? Where, like, you thought, I think I know what I'll feel like going into this film, but it's like, whoa, that's actually, that's actually pretty great. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm pretty sure. I can't think of one. <laughs> I can't think of one. <laughs> Uh, I can't. I can't remember exactly what I graded Suspiria, but I think after, a few weeks after watching that, hmm. it stuck with me a lot more than I thought it was going to. Have you listened to the soundtrack? Too, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I've listened to the soundtrack. Goblin. 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 Gobbles. Goblin. Okay, uh, so my my grade, I'm going to give this an A minus. I thought it was. I thought it was amazing. Really, really fucking good. Um, always got to go one more to me, ain't you? Not always. But most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Not always, but most of the time. There's an Excel spreadsheet that we can refer to. Yeah, we need to update that, I think. Uh, okay, so um, the next week we will be talking either about Stranger Things Season 2, might be a nice, nice little uh, venture, or uh, the next on the list will be American Werewolf in London. So we'll see how we get on. Um, oh! Yeah, yeah. So Who's this show is brought to you by Hawk and Cleaver. Head over to hawkandcleaver.com. Become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash hawkandcleaver. Thanks to Kovacs Cameron for our theme music. Thanks to Acast for hosting the show. Thanks to the listeners. If you enjoyed the show, give us a five-star review uh, in iTunes. And remember to hit subscribe. Thanks to my co-host Ben for being a real horror dude. Thank you, Luke, for also being a real horror dude port pie sex machine. All right. Uh... 
<laughs> oh, all right, if that's what you want. All right, Ben. Okay. Oh. Oh, I've done a horror. Silly boy. <laughs> I've done a horror. Okay. I'm about to do one. It's gonna go pork pie one up. Bye. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.